Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you, Lord, that you are always ready to speak to your people. Um, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your kindness. I thank you for your word, Father, for it is your word that changes our hearts, um, changes our mindsets, completely um, converts us into the people that we are meant to become and who we really are, Lord. So I just pray now that your word that you have given for today, your people will hear what it is you are saying. Um, I just submit myself to you as your vessel for today, Lord. And it is such a privilege to be um, a person that you would want to use to speak to your people. So I ask, Lord, the Holy Spirit, that you will uh, give everyone what they need. Um, and that you will just have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so, how's everyone? Awesome. Oh, okay. We're having a few technical difficulties. But they're going to get that ironed out quickly. Um. So yeah, how's everyone? Okay. Good. Awesome. Can't can't go far with this one. Yeah? This is good. Okay. Cool. Um so God is good. God is so 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 good. Uh I have Definitely have, you know, prepared notes and a message and all of that, but I really feel like God has really been kind of, well, not kind of, but really wanting me to just really preach from the heart today um, because he's doing something incredible. Uh, Burns spoke of it uh, just this past weekend. We had a wonderful lady here who I think some of you guys got a chance to meet in some of the life groups. And um, for me, I just wanted to give a little bit of a personal testimony while she was here when we had a little bit of training for the DMS uh, up in Drum King. And it was really, really powerful. Um, we prayed, like Byrne was saying, we prayed to no end. Really, it was, it was absolutely incredible. And the, even the uh, agenda that we had set up kind of went uh, a different way. Uh, but it was, it was definitely the move of the Holy Spirit. And it, it came to a certain point within the day that, um, you know, Maria was, you know, she was really talking about having uh, a heart for people and a heart of God. And really, you know, she pointed out the fact that when some of us took her to the, uh, what's the thing called, Sky, Sky. yeah, that, um, Eureka. And when we took her, she was able to just have a look and she just really noticed how much, you know, how it really felt and it was just really impressed upon her by the Holy Spirit, how so many people were just lost, you know, so many people in Melbourne was just, you know, depressed and down and it was just this aching that she was getting in her heart 
and and I think you know when we hear that, especially as Christians, we we can get caught up in the cliche of it, and it can sound very, um, yeah, we know that, and we know this, and that's good, and we'll pray for that, but um, nothing really happens, you know. And so as Maria began to pray and just really, you know, ask for forgiveness. You know, for us not really paying attention to the way the people that need Jesus and actually opening up our eyes and actually seeing what God is wanting to do even within Melbourne and just the people that we know around us, whether it's family or friends or just people in general. Um, And as she began to pray, just asking for the forgiveness of God and, you know, just really getting a heart for people and just a breaking of our hearts for people. Of course, you know, we were all praying and just praying in the spirit. And, you know, for me personally, it was like, yeah, this is great. Lord, forgive us. We need you. We got to have you. But then also in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, we got to we got to get to the point of why we're here. You know, we got to start talking about some of the training stuff. We got to start talking about some of the leadership stuff that we want to be equipped with because, you know, after all, this is this is for, you know, our church. This is for people that are coming. And, you know, it just started getting a little bit tied up into the logistical stuff. But we kept praying, and as we were sitting there, you know, God just really started smashing us and me particularly. I was... I was really be beginning to get moved by what God was really, really doing. Very simple, but very, an amazing presence and an, an amazing shift that I don't think I've ever felt in, in my entire life. It was, it was the most amazing experience with God and it was so simple because it was all about just having the heart of God for people and I could see this image and this picture of of my baby girl and the pain that she was in and the hurt that she was experiencing and it was all over her face and it was just like, oh, man, you know, and, and I knew the Holy Spirit was speaking to me because he was saying, what would you do for her? And it was like, God, I don't want her to go through this. I would take all the pain I could take from her because the way I'm seeing her is, you know, she's in agony. She's in all of this pain. And, she, you know, just the age she's at now, not a grown-up where you think all of a sudden as a grown-up, you know, they can take care of themselves. But she's a child. And I'm just saying, Lord, I don't want her to go through this. And I could really clearly hear the Holy Spirit saying, this is how I feel about all of my children. And you limit that, but I don't want you to limit it anymore. This is the heart that I want you to have for the people that you're asking about and praying for right now. These are the people that you see every single day hurt and despair and agony and anguish, lost, not knowing where they're going, not feeling that anyone loves them, depressed, suicidal, 
mentally ill, physically ill, don't know who to turn to, the world is in disarray, so much hate, so much hurt, and yet we don't really see it because you have to have the heart of God. And as he began to show me that, it, it, it was like it went from, yeah, we know we need your heart to, okay, God, break me down as much and as, as low as you want me to go because I know this is all that matters. We can have everything set up. I mean, you've seen the videos. You know, you'll see more videos next week. We can have everything technically sound. We can have all the logistics in place. But if we don't have the heart, then it just becomes more of a systematic approach. It becomes more about what we can do that looks so great and so grand, and yet people leave the same way. If they don't know Jesus, they don't know Jesus. I'm looking at my girl in that image, and I'm like, I know what can help you. I know you need healing. I know you need restoration. I know you need to feel better. I know you're sick. And the one thing that we all can do is just give people one solution, and that's Jesus. And yet, we won't do it if we don't have the heart of God. We'll even try out of our own, our own ability, you know. We'll try to preach at them. We'll try to take this and kind of give them so many different scriptures that we think is the antidote. And yes, the word has power, but if you don't have the Holy Spirit with the word, how do you think this is going to convert someone into the way they will receive Jesus? Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. He even told the Pharisees, you search the scriptures, and yet the scriptures all point to me. So we need both. And as we're sitting there, I'm telling you, I don't even know how long it went. You know, I don't even know how long that particular part of the session went. But when we got up, it was, I, I just, I could not stop crying. And, and I haven't seen people the same since. I want to go to Luke chapter 4 verses 16 through 30, because I want to speak with, you know, this incredible revelation for myself and what God is doing in me. I just want to highlight using what he's been doing within me and for me. I just want to highlight a scripture that um, really shows the heart of God and really shows who Jesus is. And I want to start at uh, chapter 4, verses, I want to start at verse 16. Luke chapter 4, verse 16. And it says this, um, he, as in Jesus, went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. 
He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son, they asked. Jesus said to them, surely you will quote the proverb to me, physician, heal yourself. And you will tell me, do here in your hometown what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. Truly I tell you, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine throughout the land, yet Elijah was not sent to any of them but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. There were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet, yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of the town, and took him in the brow of the hill and on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. I read that passage because it's, it's quite simple, I think. When Jesus got up and they gave it him the scroll and he reads out of the prophet Isaiah, he goes to that specific verse purposely. And if you go back in Isaiah, you would have known that this scripture was obviously, you know, from what they thought or what they just limited themselves as Israel, thinking that this is the restoration of Israel. This is the restoration of our people. And so for Jesus to read this, it would have been quite significant for them to hear it. And then also Jesus points out that this has now been fulfilled in your hearing. So he, in other words, makes it clear that it is him who is going to bring this restoration. And they're happy, they're proud, they're, they're excited because what they can see or what they feel like is going to happen is wherever they are, even economically, even, you know, within the society that they live in and, uh, you know, all the, the government that's happening. And, you know, during that time, I believe the Roman Empire was really... Um, running everything, but now Jesus has told them this is going to be fulfilled. So the restoration of Israel, even at that point, would be very significant to them. And this would have been exciting. But then 
Jesus begins to talk about how there's no honor for him even in his hometown. And that he begins to make mention of back in when Elijah was the prophet and when Elisha was the prophet, not one person did God send to that specific community, but he went outside and began to touch the people that had nothing to do or were not Israelites. And this would, was driving them, or they began to get furious because you have to understand then the Jews, they didn't, you know, first of all with Samaria or the Samaritans, they, they saw them as, as they belittled them. They didn't see them on the same level. So the Jews had their own system. They had their own culture. They had their own group of people. And the way they saw it was Jesus or their Messiah was going to come and restore them. But the moment that Jesus began to speak outside of their own community, it drove them nuts. And the reason for it, obviously, would be because of the fact that if this is true and what Jesus is saying is actually going to happen, then I actually have to include other people of different races, include other people of different social economical status, include other people of different religions, of different faiths, of difference in every way I would think would make me a little bit uncomfortable. Because my comfort level is, yeah, if you can minister or reach or make these people free, then if it makes sense to me or if it makes sense to the picture I have in my head, then I'm fine with that. I'm okay with that because they look like me. They, they act like me. Or even if you go a little bit further, well, they may not look like me, but they, they are Christian. They kind of believe like me. Or they're accepting of uh, my religious faith. But that's not what Jesus is doing here. He's going outside of their community. He's going outside of their thinking of their limited understanding of what it means to actually have a heart for people. We have to understand when something happens, first of all, and the point that I want to make, it's not just about a spiritual breakthrough. Yes, it all starts in the spirit. You know, when we pray, we pray in the spirit. And when Jesus has declared um, the year of his favor, then we see what happens in the spirit when he's healing people and the sick are being raised and, you know, uh, the sick are being healed and the, the dead is being raised. But there's also a, a, a shift even economically, even politically. I mean, even when you read with Zacchaeus, I think it's chapter 19, and how Jesus comes and brings salvation to his house. This is a man that was a crooked man. He did things that was pretty crooked with, with the way he took, you know, as far as taxes and as far as money, the way he took from 
the Jews and from their community. And when Jesus came and brought salvation, it actually wasn't just about salvation. It was about, you know, his understanding of freedom to the point that he actually, out of his heart, gave back everything he took up to four times as much. So it's just not about a spiritual breakthrough. It's about an entire breakthrough from spirit and soul and physical and natural. And it's it's a fulfillment of the whole person. It's a fulfillment of the land. It, so that's the exciting thing. It's It's not us just, yeah, I've gotten great breakthrough in the spirit. But when we see that great breakthrough, we actually see it in the physical. We can see it in our finances. We can see it in our relationships. So when you hear even testimonies out of DMS, you hear these incredible breakthroughs that we get, you know, released from these bondages and these struggles that we've had personally, but you also see it in the way our relationships are restored. You know, in the way that our marriages are restored, in the way that our financial situations are blessed. So it's, it's, it's a whole picture. It's not just a part of something. So it's everything that Jesus wants to do. But going back to the part of the people that we see being blessed or the people that we think God can reach, we have to have the heart of God to understand that it's not just about a certain group that God wants to move on. It's about the entire nation. It's about the entire community. We have to get out of our own limited thinking of what we think God wants to do with us as people. And I know, you know, I understand when it comes to, even, even for myself, you know, we think of different religious groups. And we say, well, you know, Muslims and, uh, you know, Buddhists and, you know, all these things. But we have to understand that that's just, that's just a religion. Jesus will change everybody's point of view. Everybody's heart. And if we are the ambassadors of Christ, if we are actually walking with the heart of God, it doesn't matter what religious group it is. All we have to do is just be Jesus. And that's what this group of people couldn't get. That's why they got so furious, because basically what Jesus pointed out was is not just about your restoration as far as what you see for Israel, it's actually about the salvation of the whole world. It's about the discipleship of every single person. I've come not, like Brahm says, I've come not for an idea, but I've come for people. And I've come to raise, and I've come to change the heart of people. That's what matters. Even as Christians, we can miss it because if we don't have Jesus, it doesn't matter what name or what religious person or even what you put on me as a tag or, you know, how I'm seen. What matters is, do I walk with the power of the Holy Spirit? Do I understand that I am a child 
of God? Do I understand that it took Jesus to change my heart? And if Jesus can change my heart, he can change anybody's heart. If I stop coming with a religious thought, a religious tactic, and a religious way of thinking, and if I just come with the love of God and just give Jesus, do we understand how much more we would actually see an impact in our own city? My daughter, as I was seeing that picture in my mind, all of what I thought as far as, okay, well, what background is she? Or what ethnicity is she? Or what community does she come from? I thought of none of that. All I could see was pain. And all I wanted to do was bring healing to that pain. So it's a few questions I really want us to ask and ask ourselves. Number one, how can we have the heart of God and not accept people that don't look or talk or act or dress like us, that don't come from the same culture that we come from, that don't even carry our quote-unquote religious thinking? or even our religion. I want us to really ask ourselves this question, how can we have the heart of God? Do we realize that our image of people can be a very religious one when we expect them to look and be a certain way that actually makes us comfortable? It's easy to talk to people when it makes us feel comfortable. How can we have the heart of God and see people as objects when Jesus sees them as priceless treasures that cannot be valued by the means of men? Do we realize that the value of anything is the price someone is willing to pay, and that price for people is the blood of a perfect person who is the only begotten Son of God? Jesus paid a price that no one else could pay. And the value he put on all of us was his own blood. That is the heart of God. And the other question I have for all of us that I keep asking myself, how can we have the heart for people if our own hearts don't break for those who don't know Jesus. This is very real. And I know this may not be the most exciting message that we want to hear, but I can tell you right now, when, when, when it's all over, and when, when the resurrection comes, and we're all raptured up, and it's all said and done. And Jesus comes back as he's coming back. And we think about how many people don't know Christ. Is, it in, is, it, is that inspiring enough to actually ask God, Lord, I need your heart. 
Is that enough for us to say, you know what? We need to get a little bit more serious when it comes to how we love people. And I'm not asking us to do this out of our own effort because guess what? We can't. We can't. Saturday, as I was praying, it was like, yes, Lord, I, yeah, forgive us, forgive us. But I could, I, you know, it was, still, it was still me until I allowed the Holy Spirit to just deal with me and show me what it meant to actually have a heart of his for his people. And when he did it and continues to do it, it changes everything. You don't have to try to convince someone you have the heart for people. You, you just do. It's like you just want to see people know who he is. And it's, it's not about you trying to get them to say, oh, please wake up, read this, and, and become, you know, weird in, in how we see some people do. No, it's just about getting close to them and actually knowing their story. It's just about getting close to them and actually hearing where they come from. It's actually just being relatable. It's just being personal. It's just being loving. The Bible says it is the kindness that draws, not not just the kindness, it is the kindness of God that does what? It draws us to repentance. So it's not even my kindness. It's not even my ability to love. It's not even my capacity as a human being to love. It is the kindness of God that works through us that draws people to repentance. That is the heart that we need for this society that we're in. There is no sense in some of the things that have happened, even recently in New Zealand. I mean, the hate that is in the person's heart to drive someone to shoot and kill so many people because of a different religion and a different faith and a different religious outlook? Come on. But how do we change that as the church? How do we change that when we know Jesus is the answer for everyone. We have to become like Jesus. We have to have the heart of God. We have to. If we have the heart of God, then you're talking about two different groups that can come and see who Jesus is and run to him. People should be running to us because we know that they need the answer that we have. But they're not going to run to us unless we're willing to run to them. I want the musos to come back up. I think sometimes we look at the world and, yes, we have to we have to kind of look at our own world, but we have to ask ourselves, what actually do we need and how do we, you know, in, in, in so many words, 
in our own little world, we're quite comfortable. And we want God to really break us out of that mindset, out of that thinking. Because our world shouldn't be so comfortable to where we don't see change. We got to see change in our own worlds. You know, we want God to do something incredible. And God is going to do something amazing in DMS. The more people I've been meeting, you know, I have my uncle here this week. And, you know, I, I really admire him because he's such a person that really loves to go out and just get random people and just get next to them and just talk to them. And before I knew it, I met like two or three people this week that I know do not know Jesus. And it just got me so excited because it was like, this is an opportunity. I actually can start speaking into their lives and just getting next to them. I don't have to bash them with the word. I just have to be Jesus. I don't have to compromise my faith. I just have to be Jesus. Because the kindness that flows through me will draw them to repentance. Next thing you know, they want to they wanna know about prayer. They want to know about church. They want to know about where my life is and, and who I am. And the stories that you get from people that do not live in the same four walls that we live in is amazing because it can show you the power of God that can reach beyond your limits and beyond your understanding and really give you a heart for people because that is the heart of God. Let's just stand to our feet. known as probably a pretty simple pretty simple message maybe not a very emotionally driven high exciting message but I'm really kind of over that because I see so many people out there that don't they don't come here they don't they don't they don't know this and yet they're dying. I'm a fifth generation Christian. All I've known is church. So I, I, I understand the, the exciting, awesome, powerful, moving, deep, revelatory messages that we can all get and yet walk out the door and don't remember one thing go into our week and don't apply one thing because we actually don't know how to apply it. Don't know how to be next to people who don't know what we know. Don't know how to relate. The moment we talk about anything outside of our religious thinking, our systematic Christianity, Christianese, cliche thinking, we get uncomfortable because, oh, wait, we, we can't say that. Or we can't do that. We can't hang around those group of people. We, we, can't, we can't do that. But what, who, who, did, who did Jesus come for? I'm just trying to, God, who did he come for? Can we really?
ask for the heart of God? Can we, can we do it? Because it's very simple. It was nothing so deep about Jesus that everyone could not understand. Children ran to him because he was loving. The Pharisees tried to trap him because he was the Messiah. And yet when he died, he never died in the city of Jerusalem. He died on the outside of the city. Everything is significant. You got to see it, guys. He died on the outside because there is a symbolic picture that you have to see. Even in Hebrews, Jesus is for everybody. Every single person. So yes, we are Christians, but it's time for us to be real Christians. Not Christians that just want to think in a small little box. Christians that are willing to step out and actually say, hello, how are you? Tell me your story. Oh, you're hurting? Well, I know who can heal you. Let's be the hands and the feet of Jesus. As we sing this song, as we sing this song, um, and I'll come back and I'll pray for everyone, but I, I really want us to think and actually ask the Holy Spirit to break our hearts. Break our hearts. Get us out of our comfort zone. Make us willing. I want us to have a willing and an open spirit for the Holy Spirit to move on our hearts and just change everything in the way we see people. That's it. And it starts in the way we see ourselves. I'm just going to pray. Holy Spirit, forgive us. Forgive us, Lord, for not having the heart that you desire for us to have, Lord. Break our traditional mindset. Break our understanding of who you are. Break our limited view of who you are and the way you see people, Lord. And give us your heart, God. No matter what we think, no matter how great our understanding is, your word is clear. As much as we think we know something, we know nothing. Holy Spirit, you know the mind of God. We ask you to give us the heart and the mind of our Father. God, you gave us your Son, but you gave your Son to the whole world. Take the limited view that we have of what that world looks like and just give us your heart. Your heart for every single person, Lord. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will give us a heart of repentance, that your kindness would draw us to you, Lord, and that we will repent for the way we've seen your people, for the way we've treated your people, for the way we even think of a certain group of people 
and not really see them as you do. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you challenge us to be the true ambassadors of Jesus. That we will walk in the power that Jesus walked in. That we can touch every single person, no matter what economical status they're in. No matter what group of people they belong to. No matter what they look like. No matter what they say. No matter what they sound like. You can change the heart of every person. So give us your heart, Lord. Remind us of how you've saved us. Remind us of how you brought us from the bottom. Of how you changed our lives. Remind us, Lord, of how your love brought us to the place that we are at. And that your power is in the way you loved us. Because we could not love you unless you loved us first. There was nothing we could do to gain the love or to gain the blood, the precious blood of your son, Jesus. There was nothing we could do. And yet you gave your life for us. And in the same way you gave it for us, Lord, you've given it for everybody. So we know, Jesus, you are on the right hand of God. And now we are your ambassadors. Make us, mold us, shape us the way you want us to be seen so that everyone would know you are the Savior, the Son, the only begotten Son, and the only Savior of this world. Give us your heart, God. As we step away, Father, and as we have community with each other, Lord, I pray the benediction on everyone here. I pray your peace. I pray your grace. I pray your love. And I just pray, Lord, that as we interact with people more and more, that love in our hearts that you have for us and that you have for others would just begin to swell up more and more and more. In Jesus' name, amen.